else saying accept or decline. Okay. Hello? Hello. Oh, hello. Hello, senor. Hey, Rob. Oh, hi- compound. <laughs> hey, Good Rob, morning. can you do me a favor and see if you see Joe online? I can't tell. Yeah, he was. he's there. He's there? That's weird because I – did you see my text or no? Yeah, I did. And, you know, it's funny. You are not green to me this time. I don't know what's going on with that. Whereas you were last time with, uh, I think, Bell or something, but, yeah. Because Skype caught the COVID. Everybody else is, so. What just happened? I'm trying to add Joe, and it's not letting me. Click there. And add. All right, we should be all set to go. Woohoo! He but, just popped up on my screen. Hey, uh, Hello, just, Joe. What's up? Yo, Joe. <laughs> no one's half the battle. What's going on? That's right. Did you guys see my text on Skype or no? I know. I, I did. Know, okay. I For some reason, nobody sees that I'm online, even though I show online. Yeah, that's weird. But I don't see anybody. Like, I, I don't see you green either. Huh. I might have to update. Very strange. I've been doing a lot of podcasting, so I've never taken Skype down. Usually I take it down. But since I've been doing so many, because I've been off this week. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that'll give us plenty to listen to. Yeah, you're going to have quite the backlog, because you don't listen to podcasts. I know. I'm going to have to find some other ways to, to get some listen to. Maybe volunteer yeah. to do the dishes more often or something. Or just come on the podcast, <laughs> then you don't have to listen anymore. Well, that's very true. You, you true. know what? If you know, you know what happens, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> then well, you don't have to listen. Well, that's right. Your five and a half hour one with Bill, I only have to listen to two and a half hours of it. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> were you were you there that long for three? Yeah, about three, yeah, about okay. three. Okay, I didn't know you were there that long. That means we talked about previews for three hours. Remember we had all that trouble, too, with getting Bill on at first, too. Well, that was Bill. Yeah. Yeah. Well, welcome (laughs) to the DC Everything Else April edition, where we talk about everything else other than DC. That's right. Yeah. So how have you guys all been? I I know Kirk's been hot. Hotter than usual. Yeah, I'm always, I'm always smoking hot. hot. You, you touch him and it's like sizzles. <laughs> but now you're cool. Well, I'm I'm trying to be. In celebration of the new air conditioner system, I cranked it down, and mm-hmm. my wife keeps adjusting it back up even higher than the old one was at, and she's Ooh. shoving towels in front of the vent so the air can't come out. Oh, so. Because I'm, I'll cold? be sitting here sweating, thinking, "Have I got a fever? Am I sick?" And then I realize, "Wait what a minute, what kind of temperature she's... are you experiencing right now?" There, <laughs> I mean, well, outdoors, outdoors, outdoors. Well, it's now that the air conditioner is installed, they've cooled back down, and we're only in the low 80s for a high. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> but while my air was off, it was bumping up to 90, and I got to tell you, I don't like being hot. 
and having no air circulation and living off a window unit is not the life for me. No, uh, uh-uh, no, I can imagine. No, I was just wondering because you know, I mean, <clears throat> we are supposed to get some nice weather, and you know, up to maybe even seventy uh, later this week. But like today, it was about the high was about fifty. Felt very pleasant, but obviously not not hot. I live in the wrong part of the country. Fifty is pleasant over here. Isn't it? Let's yeah. See, 50 is pleasant. We had snow, so we were in. 30s I can't. Today. I saw your pictures. That's crazy. Yeah. Our awesome high today snow. was about sixty-three. Wow. And then it, yeah, and then it dropped back down into the fifties within like a couple hours. Huh. Man, that's not fair. I've got. I already had a copperhead snake in the yard, and the mosquitoes as big as small birds. This is insane. Are copperheads poisonous? I don't know. Oh yes, yeah. they're they're yeah. poisonous. And I think I read I, copperhead today. That's about it. Well, I like the comic. I don't care for the reptile. <laughs> Copperhead, the DC character? No, the uh, image series by, uh, was it Jay Faber? Oh, the Western. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah the sci fi yeah. Western. I, I read like the I, first one. I thought you were talking about Copperhead. No, Copperhead is the uh, part of the Serpent Society, right? That yep. would make sense. They had about every snake you can think of in the Serpent Society. Yeah. Scourge came along and killed half of them. Yeah. I love them because they were always like in the background of Captain America. Oh, yeah. When he was hooking up with Diamondback, that yeah, was good. Yeah, Diamondback, yeah. Yeah, that was cool. That, I, that I was, liked That her. was a sweet spot me for too. me for, uh, for a cap. I, I kind of I... like when they, when the hero kind of like falls in love with the bad guy. Right. <laughs> Those those are like the best ones. I was thinking about yeah. that today when I was reading that Domino in Blackhawk. Like there's Domino, there's a uh, Midnight in US one. I know that's yeah. not quite the same level of coolness, but still, <laughs> yeah. And and then you got Diamondback. Yeah, those are and like those are my favorite females: Catwoman, yeah. Poison Cat- Ivy, Catwoman, yeah. Batwoman, you know, Batman, and then yeah, yeah. There's there's quite a Spider Man and Black Cat. Totally Black Cat. Yep. Yeah, I liked Felicia. I, yeah, me I too. thought That's, that relationship that new series has been good. Yeah, I, I like that relationship and it was it was just weird because like early on she did not want to see Pete. Like it was like if he's not in the suit, I don't want any any contact. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's where the costume stays on came from, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, yeah, the the pants could come off, but the the, <laughs> the mask has to stay on. Uh, that's right. <laughs> For a woman that looked like Black Cat, I, I would be okay with that rule. <laughs> I'll keep on whatever you want me to wear. <laughs> yeah, makes sense. <laughs> so everybody's doing well then? Good? I'm staying healthy so far. Yeah. Yeah, that's the main thing. Getting a lot of reading done. Yeah, I'm not getting too. a lot of stuff done. Not with two seven year olds. Yeah, yeah. I keep seeing these tweets where I cleaned out the garage and I wrote my novel and all this stuff, and I'm like, I can't even get my kids to do their homework. Right? Yeah, that's what I do. I get them started on the homework, and while they're working on it, I sit down with a book. <laughs> that's a good idea. Yeah, that's what I've been doing. And if they maybe, need it, you maybe, know, maybe, you, maybe you can record yourself and then send it over to Kirk and see if it works at his house. <laughs> I'll try anything. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think his boys might be a little, 
a little older than mine might be the the big difference. I don't know. <laughs> There's a white flag flying over Fort Spencer right now. I give. <laughs> I give. <laughs> you surrender. I surrender. Well, he's not kidding though. It, it can't be tough to try to get him on task and and doing stuff because you know they think it's home time. It's not a uh, school time. And we've got the seven year old. And the uh, the twelve year old, they're on it. They they've got it, and they'll they'll do their work. Uh, the youngest might complain about it, but the middle one, whoo, that's that's the one who wants to fight with me. Yeah, yeah. The the teenager is the one really giving me troubles, and I I keep reminding myself that you know the teenage years are difficult for everybody, but part of me says you know let's send him to live with Aunt Kim for a little while. You know? <laughs> <laughs> You got you got to teach him how to put the toilet paper on the the roll. Oh, I, at this point, big, I think my family problem. is just tro- trolling me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's some people looking at that going, and like, what's he complaining about? He's got toilet paper. Yeah, well, I do have it. I'm, I am. <laughs> how did he? Thankful. How did he get those rolls of toilet paper to the left? Right? Yeah, that's right. I we was had to really have fortunate. Them special delivered by grandma today. I, I, I made my paper in a month. I made my Sam's Club run right before everything just went crazy. And I had thankfully remembered, because a lot of times I go in the store and I forget half the things on my list. But I remembered to get a, a giant pack of toilet paper. <laughs> and now, now, of course, I'm wishing, why didn't I buy two? Why didn't I buy paper towels also? What is wrong with me? Why didn't I have foresight? <laughs> Bar- 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 the way, get the, way the kids are going through it, I'm getting nervous. Barb has it's- like this Costco app update which tells her when the toilet paper and the paper towels are arriving it's a facebook page she follows oh and they really say, yeah i guess if you're there people just post like oh toilet papers at costco and then then you can go <laughs> <laughs> can you i mean think about how much life has changed just in these last few weeks where it used to be you know you just went to the store and assumed everything will be there yeah and now you're like dear god where's the toilet paper yeah. Well, I hadn't seen it in the wild in seriously like almost a month. And and like I say, uh, Kristen's uh, mother, uh, mom brought us like a, a six pack that uh, she had found because we hadn't seen it in forever. And we'd just been doing fine. But it was just one of those things. Hey, we still got a couple. Let's take a look. Oh, we still got a couple. Let's take a look. Holy crap. Everybody's at the house these days. We don't have that much left. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it starts to dwindle once everybody's permanently in the house. Yeah, that's actually why I was reading an article. They said, you know, I mean, it seemed like such a random thing at first to to worry about. But then as it turns out, you got, you know, like perfect example, like my family, like me and my wife and two kids, five days a week, we're at school and work. Well, now we're home all day long. So absolutely, Joe, you're you. You're just like using it more than you would normally. It's and then you're, 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 prob- you're probably eating more because there's nothing else. I mean, there's <laughs> there's more to snack on when oh you're my at God. home. And- Mike, <laughs> I, I, I tried to get on a nice little like diet um, at the beginning of the year, and I was doing great. I mean, I was like down 15 pounds up until like even two weeks ago. I've gained five pounds back in two weeks. Yeah. Just snacking all I'm- the time. I never do the scale, but I just go buy my shorts and I, I put on one. <laughs> that, How I, do you I, weigh I, yourself by little, your shorts? What do you I don't mean? weigh myself. I just go by, eh, these are getting snug. Better cut back on the sweets. And 
I put on I put on my big boy shorts and I was like, uh oh. <laughs> I don't want to have to add shorts to the supply list. I better ease off. <laughs> this whole thing's insane. It's I can't believe that this is this is real 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 life where this is you, can't, you have to be afraid to be around other people. Yeah, that's exactly what I was telling my wife at dinner the other night that this is like something out of a movie that mm-hmm. you know you and even then you would like it, you would set it in some far away land cuz nobody would believe it would happen in America. Oh. And now here it is we're living it. I went I had to go to the post office today to mail some bills and they had like plastic drop claws uh with a little hole cut in for you to hand mail back and forth and I was like this is like a a mobile like mash, you know, setting up a surgical unit to get your mail. It really is freaky. It, it, it really, really is. Well, Kirk, it looked like you're in a hot spot when I was looking at the map. We are eating up with it, and that's why I have been doing my best to stay at home, limit my supply runs, and when I do go out, to go in the other direction. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think this whole week, though, is this this week and next week are going to be really, really, really bad. Well, I, I've yet to see any real good news other than there is some positive signs of the hydrochloroquine and z working, but it's still pretty early to tell for sure. Mm-hmm. But yeah. e- everything else is like, okay, so now you can't go out here. Okay, now you need to wear a mask when you go out. And now now you can't you're gonna you you're still contagious eight days after you recover. Oh, I didn't hear that one. That one was horrifying. Well, they're, and they're saying that a lot of people literally don't get symptoms at all, which is good for them. But in the meantime, they're spreading it all over the place. Right. Yeah. Did you see the video of the nut job at Walmart touching every single computer, flipping no. the lid up and down and rubbing her hands all over I, the keypads? I did not see that. Well, you know, the I, NBA player that they canceled the game for, you know, like almost three, four weeks ago now. He was uh, touching the licking the microphone. And yeah, he went stuff, through yeah. and touched every single one of them. I mean, Why? He was being a total jerk. Because he thought it, he thought it was funny. He thought it was a like, joke. It was a he joke. Thought, and then he God. ended up getting it. So, And then yep. his team, his teammates got it. So laugh now, pretty boy. Laugh now. Yeah. Horrible. He's going to be a pariah, I think. <laughs> He's yeah, going to no live kidding. live with that the rest of his life. That's that's terrible. I, I, well, I you know, you know, you know that. what's really heartbreaking is knowing that a lot of these people that go to the hospital, some are going to die and they're going to die alone. Like, yeah, yeah. they're they're not going to see their loved ones. They're holding their hand or whatever. They're not going to see anybody. Right. That's what's heartbreaking. Yeah, you'll just have a a nurse or a doctor standing over you in full gear. You won't even really be able to make out a face. There will be like almost no human interaction as you pass on. And then if somebody does pass on, it's probably like this backlog of even you can't have like a funeral. You can't can't have a you can't have a regular funeral. No, can have people come and visit. Right. You can't do that. It's it's. And then the the morgue is probably backed up, and I just it's just in crazy times. It, but, it really is something out of like a crazy movie. I, I I really can't believe that this is this is really actually taking place. Yeah, and and, and it hasn't even gotten to the to the worst at this. Yeah, point. we haven't even peaked yet. 
and the it's killing the comics industry. <laughs> yeah, that's breaking like, my like, heart. Like, like like slowly, it 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 could be it could be pretty devastating to like there was already a lot of shops in trouble. Yeah. And 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 Diamond could be in trouble because when a shop goes in trouble, like I know my local LCS, <laughs> they hadn't paid their last couple months of of uh, bills to Diamond because they couldn't. And Diamond was kind of saying, well, you can pay us in these small increments, but if they're closed, they're not going to be getting any money. So the the debt is just going to go on, and then when they do turn it on, they're not going to be able to recover as fast. Like, the, the stores won't be able to, like, say, okay, now I can pay the bills. It'll right. take a while to ramp up. Everything's going to take a while to ramp up. It's not like just bills are going to be, be, be paid. Right. And later on, it'll affect the people that are working. It's going to affect them later on because there there's certain things that are at a standstill. So let's say if you let's just say you deliver some software. Well, there's a backlog maybe in test because they're not any customer there to test it. So you, you've you've accomplished everything that you could up to a certain point, and then they have a backlog. So of, of various products they need to test. And then you don't have any new work because they're so busy testing the old stuff. Right. So it's like a con- the, the, the flow of things that are always flowing are not flowing. And one well, thing, yeah. one simple thing affects everything. Like you don't, you don't think about all the parts and pieces that cause everything to move. Well, you know, the, the the problem is, too, is that this is not going to be something that is over with in a couple of weeks. This is, I mean, you're talking months. And if it's going to be a couple months, everything that you said, I mean, that's exactly it. It's, I mean, businesses yeah, are the whole, going to whole, suffer whole for a long time. Yeah, the whole life is going to change, yeah, because the way I look at it is this isn't going to, this is going to go on through at least June or yeah. July. That's what I'm looking at. I mean, you hope for the best, but you prepare for the worst. <laughs> and then you got to worry about the seasonal thing. Well, what happens? Does it morph like the flu? And yep. is it going to be kicking back up in October when you usually get your shots for the flu? Right. And will we be recovered by then because of all the other stuff? I mean, there. The whoever wins the election really really has to ramp the pandemic crew up. Just, just to be proactive when these things happen, you know. Yeah. yeah. It really is important to to attack it, and not. It's better to attack up front than to let it grow, and then uh, you you can't there's you can't recover from it. Nope, you're right. I mean, there's some governors in some states that aren't doing anything. Well, Georgia was very late. Yeah. To to do to take action and and our governor, I think it was, I think it was yesterday, finally said, "Hey, stay at home." Mm-hmm. That's why you're in a hot zone, though. He waited till he waited too long. Well, part of part of our problem where I live is people just generally are un- unhealthy, and I've fallen in that category. I'm overweight. I'm out of shape. Yeah. And, and these are things, these are things that you know if are a weakness for this disease and they will, it will get you apparently. 
And like the hospital my wife works at, she's a nurse at, at the hospital. And they went through like seven months of supplies in a week mm. with these masks and everything. And everybody's like, why, why weren't hospitals better prepared? Well, who can foresee going through seven months of supplies in seven days? You know, no, no. No matter how bad you thought it was going to be, there's no way you could have predicted that. You'll say, "Okay, well let's let's triple our order." But there was a, there, 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 there there was a way you could predict it because you knew where it started. You knew where it was going to get big just based on when there's a foreign country, you're not going to be notified on on all of the facts. You're going to be notified on what you can know, and you. You could have started preparing early. I mean, it, it, you could have been proactive. But then nobody wants to be proactive because it costs money. Like, it, it's it's killing financial as well as people. Yeah. So it, it's like a damned if you do, damned if you don't situation. Yeah. Because they, they don't shut down everything. I mean, you, you could still have an outbreak at a grocery store. I mean... Well, that's or what I'm worried pharmacy. is coming next, as they say, you know, hey, guys, uh, we just learned that, you know, the cashier at the store went and sneezed on the bananas. And, you know, now 30 more people have got it. And those 30 people have interacted with 100 more people, you know. Yeah, it's exponential. Mm-hmm. Right. There was an and interesting um, interview yesterday because uh, two, I think they're, they're uh, teachers at the kubert school they had a online uh, zoom video cast with dan didio which i thought was really interesting mm. because they they got into like how the in- industry can recover and like just all kinds of strange questions and like what they can tell their students because their students are like well i'm going into an industry where there's no work yes yeah, just stopped yeah, yeah. So, yeah. you know, that there was just a lot of interesting I, – I was glad I caught it. Somebody posted it on something, and then I followed, like, five links and found out it was at the Kubert School, and I was like, I got to click on this. <laughs> yeah, that would be scary to be in school thinking you're about to graduate into a field that is now just ground to a halt. Other than, other than people doing mail-order commissions, there's nothing. There's no, no no conventions, no publishing, no distribution, nothing. The That's only it. thing that the only thing that I know, like, I I was literally hour an hour away from placing an order with my comic shop. I had just tweeted the guy from my comic shop, "You guys are still taking <laughs> orders," and he's like, "Yeah, we got we're still pushing orders." And I was I had had finalized my cart. I was ready to hit submit. It was quite the cart because I knew I wasn't getting any books from DCBS. So I, I hit, I, I was ready to hit and check out. And then this banner comes across my comic shop dot com and says, we are no longer taking orders. The governor has shut us down. And I'm oh. like, holy smokes. I really didn't get it out in time. But I, I mean, I think, I think uh mile high is still taking orders. At least the last time I checked. Well, um, I know a lot of them are, but that was a huge blow because uh, my comic shop has to be one of the industry leaders, if not the industry leader. Well, they, 
the exact same thing happened to me, Mike. I was in the I was finishing up my uh, pre-orders for the month, and um, it wouldn't let me uh, finalize it. And that's when I jumped on Twitter and found out that they had uh, they had uh, pulled the plug. Luckily, it turns out uh, they have actually uh, turned the pre-orders back on. the The back issue stuff is still down, obviously, because yeah. there's nobody nobody in the warehouse. But you, but they are letting you do the pre-orders now because they they had turned that off as well originally. Yeah, it's it. It was uh, I literally missed it by like ten minutes. Wow. Um, and I, I, w- I was tweeting my comic shop, and they're like, come on, yeah, get your order in. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I've got to do this because I was anticipating things to get worse. I mean, I had, right. I, I was off this week, and I watched a lot of news shows, and I shouldn't, shouldn't have. But one of the shows that I watched was focusing on the doctors. They were interviewing the doctors and the nurses, and I'm like, holy crap, they shouldn't let the politicians get up there. They should let the doctors talk. They should let us see what's really happening. And I w- they were showing videos of what was happening, and I was like, this is insane. I said, if mm. I'm going to have to order something, I better do it now. And that's why I tweeted them to see if they're still open. And sure enough, man, I literally just missed it. Oh, I turned I turned into Karen, man. I am I am very nice to customer service people, and I never get fussy. But I was straight up begging uh, for them to ship out my books a week early because I was due for my shipment on the eighth. Yeah. And um, and they said they're going to push through as much as they could, and it looks like uh, everything everything got shipped because I was like, yeah, if they don't ship, you know, what my uh, shipment now, I don't know when it's going to get shipped. Right. Yeah, you're you're yep. in a little different situation because my comic shop does new stuff and then they do old stuff. Right. It seems like when you get a shipment, it's a combination of both. Yep. So it, it's a little weird. Like all my, of my stuff is new stuff. My fear but, is that they're going to shut down some of these delivery services because they're saying this stuff can live on cardboard for 24 hours. Yeah, but I, I don't think they'll... I don't think they'll shut down delivery services in general just because there's so many vital things. Yeah. But, but I mean, I still take your point. I mean, there still could, you know, they could start limiting who can but, but actually, a lot, like, a lot, a lot of things. places are saying they're using gloves and they're not touching the food. Like, at least mm-hmm. they're showing videos on the commercials and well, stuff. Well, OCD yeah. me likes that part and, and has been asking, why didn't you do that in the first place? Don't, okay. don't touch my food. Well, I know like Amazon, like if you order a trade from them right now, um, I was listening to an Evan Dorkin thing the other day. I was like, oh, man, I need to order milk and cheese. So I ordered it. You know, I'm a prime member, but I'm not getting it till like the 23rd of April because it's considered non-important. So like that kind of stuff, they're taking their time shipping it out. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Crazy times. Definitely is. But at least for this podcast, we got plenty of comics to talk about. That's right. Well, I've got enough to last me the rest of my life, but I still <laughs> want more and more and more. Well, I'm yeah, with, I'm with you. I I probably have three lifetimes worth with all the yeah, collected but, editions. So <laughs> because of tonight, I actually signed up for uh, what's it called, uh, Comicsology Unlimited, because it's yeah. free for sixty days. Yeah, I've. That alone, I could sit and read probably till this thing ends. Uh huh. Well, the DC Universe app is cheap, and it 
has video content and all kinds of digital content and the Marvel Unlimited as well. So it it could have an effect where people realize, you know what? It's okay to be six months off, <laughs> you know, like or a year off and for the new stuff. And then people will be catching up because they don't have a job or they've lost income or they have to help help a relative or something. Yeah. I don't know. I'm 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 worried. Yeah. I I mean it could it could affect me. I could get laid off in like 6 months if Oh, I don't mean that. I mean if I, I'm worried about the comic books. Oh. <laughs> I was just like laid off, man. <laughs> yeah, I, I was like laid off. I'm already laid off, so yeah. I'm a, I, I am wor- more worried. I'm worried too about my asthma because like it's psychologically I'll have like nightmares in like like 3 a.m. and it's it's it's, it feels like a real nightmare like where i can't breathe like i'm having an asthma attack and i wake up and i have to take a puff and it's just it has nothing to do with like any kind of normalcy it's like an anxiety it's like an anxiety hit and it's all psychological i know it is but there's nothing i can do about it you know Mm -hmm. it just happens but it feels well, so you, real. It feels like you, I really You definitely can't need to be extra careful. You definitely yeah. need to be extra careful. Yeah, it's crazy times. But this yeah, is doing... the this is the April episode, so during the month of April we're allowing ourselves to read everything else that's not DC. <laughs> which 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 was weird because everything that I had in my pile had a link to like Charlton or DC. <laughs> So, so, so I was like, okay, I gotta find something that doesn't. <laughs> yeah, I had picked out three or four DC books that I from from sorting a pile of comics. I was like, I'll do one of these, and then I was like, wait a minute, he, he said something different. Yeah. <laughs> so then I had to and go that, back in. Where's that top dog box? That's right. I couldn't find it. I told I told Joe to have it on standby. I did find a foofer. <laughs> That's not the same. Does the, I mean does Foofer's T-shirt change every panel? It doesn't. <laughs> Foofer was not my attempt at getting him a, a no prize. I, 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 w- I wouldn't actually think that like uh, you you were uh, in the continuity of Top Dog it was so that important to you that you're like, why is this shirt changing? I I don't know what's going on. <laughs> well, I think it was a combination of comics just means so much to me. Plus, I was just desperate to win a no prize. I, yeah. I wanted a no prize. I wanted letters printed. I wanted some connection to these things that I loved so much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and of course, I was denied. Denied. But now I've got you guys, so it's you, all okay. You, you could have right. drawn in on, on the T-shirt. You could have got some pencils and crayons and put it in there. I think now my goal should be to get some of that original artwork, to get a page with the the shifting Spidey logo on Joey's (laughs) (laughs) t-shirt. Who was the artist on this thing? Like, would you even know where to go? It's probably Warren Krimmer, but I'm not positive of that. I know he Uh, did some of the top dog art, but I don't know if he did it all. Huh. I, I wouldn't think that... There would be a lot of demand for Top Dog, so I think you could probably track that down. 
if I'm going to look really, into if, that. If, if you really wanted a top dog page. I don't just want a top dog page. I want one of those pages with the shifting Spidey logo. Yeah. And for anybody listening now, you have to go back to one of our previous episodes. <laughs> Episode where we talked about top dog. Yeah. You don't have your uh, top dogs in uh, alphabetical order in in a top dog box, I take it. Actually, it might be in alphabetical order because the the original collection was alphanumerically filed and and, and all in order. And I had two sections. These are the ones I've read. These are the ones I'm going to read. And then everything's built on top of that. And the problem with that is, one, is accessibility. And two, I would go back into the ones that were filed and pull things out to go get signed or go reread or or doing a, a duplicate search because I ended up with an extra copy and I wanted to make and sure you, you, I kept you, the nicer copy. You do not use drawer boxes, right? Well, not most of them. I, my sister bought me a set of, I think, a dozen yeah. For for Christmas a year ago and I'll tell you what, they are very convenient. I would love to have more of those, but I haven't been able no, to but afford I can't, I can't switching imagine, over. I can't imagine though, like if it's on the bottom, like you have to lift maybe four rows of comics before you can even get to the box you want to get to. <clears throat> it's tough. And and Joe has gotten me into these graphic boxes with artwork on the outside of the box and they cost a little bit more but my gosh they are so much easier to lift and move around well those, the, the those are old those man are, spencer says ah i think i've been doing this wrong those are those are nice if you can keep the theme like if you if you buy a spider-man box and you throw all your spider-man in there i tried you, to do that but i have too many find it I have too many Harley Quinn boxes. I have more Harley Quinn boxes than I have Harley Quinn comics. So so it's just got the H's in there now. <laughs> so I got like Hitman in a Harley Quinn box. No, but that's good. I mean, the knowing that your Harley Quinn box has H, that's where you yeah. find Hawkman. Right. And Harley Quinn. So uh, who wants to go first tonight? Who I'll wants go. to be brave? I can do it. Because I, <laughs> I, I feel like uh, I've got a interesting one that I don't know that we would ever cover. So uh, we're going to do something a little different since we had the offer. I had a big stack of books. I was working through them. I looked at the NAM. I looked at uh, – uh, what else was it? I looked at uh, more Charlton books, even though we kind of tr- carved Charlton on here anyway. But uh, the one that I ended up going with was uh, the original Astro Boy by Now Comics from uh, September 1987. And this was uh, written by Michael Dempsey and illustrated by Ken Stacy and Rodney Dunn. And, of course, Astro Boy is an old character. He was actually created uh, in Japan by Asuma Tezuka. I know I can say Tezuka, right? I don't know about the first name. (laughs) Anyway. Call him Oscar. There you go. So we uh, we start with uh, different character names. So if you're used to the cartoon or you've read the manga, it's going to be a little bit different because this is an Americanized version of the original stories. Uh, so the doctor in this one is named Dr. Boynton. 
and he's standing over a table kind of like Frankenstein. And uh, he gives a soliloquy about how he's lost too much flesh and bone and now he's going to change everything to steel and plastic and he'll never be alone again. And there you have the giant and then you see a boy open his eyes and he tells him, come to me, my son. And uh, then they flash forward and we see Astro Boy. He's taking a physics class and it's kind of from like one of those, um, you know, TV uh, robots, kind of like, I guess, like Prince Robot from Saga. Uh, So anyway, uh, he's doing good. He's answering all his questions and he's uh, obviously very clever. Of course, he's a robot, so he ought to be. But uh, Boynton tells him what a great job he's doing. And uh, Astro looks out the window and he sees these children playing. And, uh, of course, Boynton doesn't want him to have anything to do with being a real kid. So he, like, uh, hushes him off and gets him out of the way. Um, So after Astro leaves the room, his dad actually sends robot dogs in. They, like, like chase the kids off so that they can't ever come by the house again. So while they're at dinner, um, Boynton is a... getting mad at Astro because of different etiquette type stuff. And he's like, Hey, with your mouth closed and that kind of stuff. Cause he's like a typical kid, even though he's a robot. But, uh, while they're at dinner, he sees the robot made and she's just very plain faced. And she doesn't have any way of expressing like Astro does. And uh, he asks his dad, he says, why doesn't the robot eat with us? And the dad's like, don't be silly. Millie's a robot. And Astro's like, what's a robot? Well, that's a machine and nothing more. And Astro doesn't understand this because he's always, you know, been treated like a little boy. So the more questions that he's asking him, the matter the doctor's getting. And then in the weirdest scene ever, I, I posted a picture of this if you guys saw it. He opens up his jacket and takes out a bag of waste from his stomach right in the middle of the dinner table. So basically he's like pooping at the table. <laughs> And, you know, oh no! It's literally like he's got a colostomy bag and he's pulled out and plops it on the table. So of course, you know he can't eat with his mouth closed. He's going to get in trouble for this. So that you know he gets scolded for that. And um, then they like have one of those uh, flashes to another room, and it's all these uh, military types sitting around, and it's got you know like the the red shading that indicates that these are people who might not be up to good. And uh, it turns out, you know. He was actually financed by the military. So once again, we go back to the house and Boynton's checking in after the poop at the dinner table uh, scene to make sure Astro's okay. And there's a board game they're playing and he just gets really frustrated because Astro keeps asking him questions. And finally he goes, you're not my son. Get out of here. And so Astro runs downstairs and hides in the basement. And while he's down there, he sees this tarp. And he pulls the tarp off and there's like this version of him, except for like it's got a melted face and its face is so melted. It's actually stuck to his shoulder. Mm. So um, then this is one of those things. That I don't know if it's just me reading this as an adult or what, but he asked the, the melted robot what his name is. And, is, and he says his name is A.S. Asterisk Clunk. OK, as a longtime comic reader, if you see something with an asterisk. You fill that in as it's a curse word. So I'm reading that this thing's name is Ass Clunk. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. But anyway, so Astro says, you can be my friend. And then once again, to fill in with like the adult mind of reading years and years when you see like notations. So he offers to be his friend and Ass Clunk responds, ye shriek, M asterisk effer. So I'm like... (laughs) 
Are they like <laughs> saying ass clunks call my mother bleeper? I mean, what's going on here? So anyway. Ass clunks to, to potty mouth. Yeah, mm-hmm. no kidding. So then they, they sneak them outside and they see this little girl. Uh, and she wants to play with him, except for Ass Clunk. She's like, he's really scary. So Ass Clunk gets mad and rips the head off her doll. Um, and then uh, when Astro tries to protect the little girl, Ass Clunk knocks Astro across the street and uh, hits him into a car. So then Astro blasts so hard out of his clothes that literally he's down to just like, you know, the typical shorts that we know him in. And uh, his feet are rocket feet. So he loses his shoes and all of his clothes. Um, ass clunk rips his arm off and, uh, he starts to grow red and it turns out he's like in meltdown mode. So he shoots off into the atmosphere and explodes. So a sad Astro boy is, uh, on his way home and he's like holding his arm in his hand and he sees a cop and the cop comes over to me and goes, Oh man, I was going to do a nice Irish accent and I don't know that I can do it now. Anyway. So let me <laughs> say license, license, don't play cute battery breath. All robots have to carry a license. Astro uh, argues that he's not a robot. He's a son. And the cop says, pick up your arm and go back to your master. Robots. Next thing you know, they want to be treated like humans. And I don't know that that was Irish, but forgive me. Anyway. <laughs> that was pretty good. We'll take Thanks, it. Man. Yeah. So, and then you see Astro kind of do the banner walk off the panel. So this, <laughs> this story, you know, was really playing uh, with humanity versus uh, being a robot. And this is, you know, setting up what it's going to be like in the rest of the series. So was one thing no, I'm going to do. Was this number one or? Yeah, this is number one. Okay. So one so, thing I was so, going to do. Uh, I have a question though. This, yeah, go ahead. This, this is titled the original Astro Boy, right? Right. Um, is it they they took the original story then and then adapted it in art and story or what what did and, they do? And that's what I, I was actually going to get to in just a second. Okay. Um, one other thing I was going to do is I was going to cover one chapter from the original manga because uh, remember I said I downloaded Comicsology Unlimited and that was so that I could uh, compare. Uh, Compare it, yeah. So um, I did just the first chapter, mind you, so just the origin chapter. So this, I did um, The Birth of Astro Boy by uh, Tezuka, and this is from the Dark Horse manga, book one. Uh, this was actually published in uh, 1975. So it kind of opens with the history of robots, and, you know, it talks about how robots were made to look more and more human, because originally they were kind of, you know, just arms that worked on cars or whatever. Then there's, like, this weird little bit where Tezuka actually comes, uh, and he's talking to you and telling you, like, you know, lots changed since I invented Astro Boy in 1952, yada, yada. Anyway, then he flash forwards to the origin of Astro Boy, and this is supposed to be in 2003. So you see a young boy driving a car. So that's weird already because this is supposed to be obviously like an adolescent child, but he's driving an air car really fast and what looks like a garbage uh, truck plows into him and smashes him to bits. So a guy at at home gets a phone call and this is where I was telling you the names have been changed. So uh, in Boynton was his name in the English version. His name is Dr. Tenma in in this one and uh, they call Astro Tobio. So he gets the phone call. Dr. Tim does that. Toby, Tobio has been killed. So once again, he decides to create the greatest robot ever. And he does it in his son's likeness. Um, 
once he's built the robot, he uh, grabs him and he holds on to him and he treats him like a real boy. And they have a great life together. And, and you know, this is shown through the different panels that they, they're having a wonderful time. But the big problem is Astro can't grow. So Tim is upset by this. He says, this thing's just a doll. It's not my son. Get out of here, freak. And so he goes from literally loving this boy to like beating him with a shovel and chasing him around the house. Uh, I know it gets like really dark out of nowhere. And um, Astro says, I'll grow for you, Papa. And he like pops up the spring in his neck. And of course, you know, it's literally just the same height with a spring. So that wasn't good enough. So then he starts to beat him with a shovel. Um, So he decides ultimately he's going to get rid of Astro. And so he sells him to a circus. And as he's being walked out the door by the circus owner, he asks him, he wears clothes. And he's told, are you crazy? Since when do robots wear clothes? And once again, it's about him discovering that he's a robot because he didn't know before. So he gets discovered by uh, Professor Ochanamizu. I have no idea. Uh, And he takes him home and he becomes the famous Astro Boy from there. So I can't speak to how different it is from, say, the cartoon because i haven't seen that mike but it's obviously some thematically similar but a lot different i think than the original comic strip well i was curious if there was poop in the other one (laughs) (laughs) not in in the one that dark horse reprinted no (laughs) so i think they definitely took some liberties with it uh they they still have the kind of like uh you know upset father because he's lost his child and uh and, and, you know, it's basically like a Pinocchio thing to me. It's, it's the the puppet who doesn't know he's not a real boy wanting to become a real boy. Yeah, yeah. kind of looks yeah. like that from yeah. the covers, too. Absolutely. Yeah, it's very sweet and kind of like, uh, I mean, like I say, it's kind of dark in places, you know. I mean, like I said, this little kid, and he's getting chased with a shovel, you know, just because he can't grow. Mm. <laughs> but yeah, anyway. Interesting. Yeah, I really liked it, and uh, the manga was interesting, too, and since that's, like, free, I may have to read some more of that. Is that your first time reading the original manga, too, or are you you familiar with all this stuff? I had read uh, one story just because um, they had done an adaptation of one of his stories uh, into a a series called Pluto, and so I had read, like, one, but it was just, like, a random chapter. So, yeah, this was my first time, like, reading The Origin. But, yeah, I'd never read the Now stuff, because that was was one of the... When I was still, you know, lucky to get a comic at the curb store, I wouldn't... (laughs) And they wouldn't have had Now comics in 1987, uh, Perry, Georgia. I think at one point Now did get newsstand distribution, but I'm not positive of that. But I think it, it wouldn't have been early on. It would have been later in their in their run. Yeah, but, you know, even stuff like Charlton, when it was on the newsstand, I never It was still hard to find. It. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I, I think there was Marvel and DC kind of led that. And Archie, that's what I'd used to see on the newsstand. Oh, yeah, me too. And once in a blue moon, I might see Harvey. Um, I know, like, when Harvey did that reboot post uh what would that have been like 86, 87? Yeah. I remember finding like Harvey hits in a maybe hot stuff or something. But yeah, yeah you it, might you might see like a Richie Rich or a Casper or something right. or hot stuff. Yeah. 
I don't remember seeing now at the newsstand. I don't have Maybe. many nows. I have some green oh, hornets and um, Kato, and I can't remember what else came out of there. I've been getting Fright Nights because I like that property. But um, I've got the Burning Earth by uh, Alex Ross. That's that I oh, just yeah. ran across. Yeah, I, I just, ran across this I in a just, dollar bin. I just bought that because it was the first Alex Ross cover, I think, and interiors. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, their Terminator stuff was pretty good. I didn't know that until recently. Yeah, Terminator's been around. He went to Malibu there for a bit, too. And uh, then Dark Horse. And now he's fighting the Transformers. Yeah, I didn't pick <laughs> that one up. <laughs> I think I liked the Dark Horse version best, thanks mostly to Chris Warner, maybe Paul Gillespie. Mm-hmm. That last one, um, what's his name? Uh, the Northlander guy did. I thought it was pretty good. Uh, the guy wrote Briggs Land. Um, Brian Wood. Yeah, Brian Wood. Yeah, he did a, a Terminator one um, maybe a year ago. I thought it was really good. He's good. He's a good yeah. writer. Yep. Well, I can go next. All right. I, uh, I, I got this off of a... Uh, a Facebook auction and that those are still going on. <laughs> you can still get Facebook auctions. There's two guys I get, there's two guys I get them from. Um, one of the guys used to write comics. This other guy, Todd, I, I don't know. I don't know him, but I know that he's a reliable Facebook auctioneer here. And the, the process is kind of nasty because uh, you have to like undo the comments to see all the photos of what's being auctioned every time, and then you, when you click more comments, it doesn't always expand to all the comments. So you kind of have to like click more comments, more comments. But the the nice thing is, is that there's a lot of weird stuff for a dollar, and uh, I like it because I can pick up stuff that nobody else wants <laughs> so uh i was able to get the, a series that i didn't know anything about i knew i knew it was being published but i didn't own any of it it was blood of dracula number nine and from uh, apple from apple yeah all right and uh this what was it blood of dracula yeah blood of dracula this has adam use artwork too on the third story uh, he didn't do the breakdowns. At this time, he wasn't that refined. But um, this had three stories in it. The, the first one was by far the best. It was by some guy named Ricky Shanklin with art by Howard Bender. And I didn't know either one of them. Uh, the other thing that's fascinating about this title is reading the letters columns. Because this this seemed to have like a really loyal following. Um but this, uh, this starts off with a beautiful woman. Uh, it's called Death Dreams of Dracula. And she's writing a letter to, uh, I guess, a friend telling her about what happened. And it's weird because in the letter, as she's writing in cursive, it'll show like artwork of, of what was happening in like a sketch. It's, it's very unusual, but it's very effective. And uh, she arrived somewhere... Uh, at this weird hotel 
in a carriage. So you're thinking like time period wise, uh, th this is like Dracula time period, maybe like maybe a little after that. But then you realize like what's going on when you see like phones and you see like cars and you're like, wow, this is this isn't current time. But she she comments about like how dirty she gets to this place. It looks like really extravagant, but it's dusty. Like this room hasn't been opened in years and everything's just full of dust. So she complains to management. And they clean it out for her. And then she goes to uh, dinner and uh, she meets this count. And uh, she dances with him all night and eventually takes off her clothes to bed with them. And it, it looks like they have sex. Uh, or go. Yeah, it looks like they're about to have sex. But as Dracula goes for her, like, neck, he sees her carrying this, like, pendant. And he opens the pendant and he's like, Holy moly, this is a pendant of somebody I once knew. <laughs> so, I, it makes it like, I'm not sure, I'm not sure if they had sex or not, because it, it implies they did, but it's very awkward, because what you find out is the woman in the, the pendant was a woman that he was in love with before he was a vampire. So he had, and this, this might be his great granddaughter. <laughs> so oh, it yes. makes it, it makes <laughs> it like really awkward, but then he becomes a protector because she goes in this horse carriage and I don't know why she's in the horse carriage because there's cars, but she's in this horse carriage going somewhere and a bunch of bandits on the, the road pull over the carriage and try to rob it. And then Dracula, on a horse comes and basically slaughters all of the people and he has a bullwhip but then she gets in town and this is when you you really notice like the technologies there like the shower and then you, you notice a coke machine and you're like wow it went looking from like old time period to new time period and uh she hits it off with <laughs> the guy who brings the the cart she it looks like, man, she's horny as hell. Like, she just jump in bed with anybody. But uh, she she finds this guy who brings her, like, champagne to her room. And, man, they're getting ready to have sex. And Dracula's outside the window. And then she, she thinks that he has a talk with the guy, but he basically throws his naked body out the window. And she doesn't know that. She just says he left. <laughs> because he's now now he's protective of her because he realizes that this is my great great granddaughter <laughs> and it's so weird and he ended up taking the pendant back to his castle and framing it like enlarging the picture it's weird very <laughs> strange and then to get even stranger it has a story called Dracula 2199 so it's a futuristic story. So it's like Magnus Robot Fighter, but it's with Dracula. But he, he uh, technology has and science have overcome religion. So Dracula is able to flourish in the, the future because everything that makes him weak and his faith, it's gone. So they're 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 talking about they're they're trying to terraform 
the world because the world has become sort of unlivable and they find areas that they can't terraform like the uh, Stonehenge and they're trying the scientists are trying to figure out why that is meanwhile this organization sees Dracula and they have all these weapons and they're like shooting him with arrows and bullets I don't know why they wouldn't have laser guns in 2199, but <laughs> it looks like they have a lot of crossbows and bullets. But uh, it's pretty cool because it shows his powers. Like they're they're shooting the heck out of him. And he turns to a bat. When they shoot him as a bat, and then he turns to a wolf, and he just starts slaughtering a bunch of people. Um, there's there's a a woman with a blade, and she grabs this blade and she like cuts his hands off, but his hands grow back like instantaneously. And then it's just the rest of the story. This must be like an ongoing thread that that started with issue one and just keeps on going. But um, he kills everybody, including the woman that 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 cut off his hands. Um, and now there's these two scientists that are left that are they're they're going to Stonehenge to find out why they can't terraform and maybe find out if there's a secret to Dracula. And I I don't get the context of why they're going there because I missed all the other previous stories, <laughs> but, um, they had a contest there, blood of Dracula cover contest, And, uh, they had some big names on here, like Brent Anderson, Chuck Austin, Bill Barry, Pat Bullett, Clyde Caldwell, Paul Chadwick, Frank Sirico, Mike Davis, Dave Dorman, Mike Grell, uh, Lorene Haynes, Scott Hampton. I mean, there's just a bunch of names. Adam Hughes, Sam Keith, Steve Lealoa. I, I know him more as an inker, but um, Mike Magnola, Ted McKeever, Tim Truman, Charles Vess, Neil Vokes, Mike Volsberg, Mike Wheatley, Bill Willingham. I mean, these are big names. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was scrolling through the covers, and they, they're nice looking. <clears throat> yeah. And then there's a third story called, uh, it's a Count Dracula story, and it has breakdowns by Neil Vokes and Adam Hughes. And that one is pretty much a story of this rich guy. His name is uh, Burkholt and uh, his battle with Dracula. And this guy is, is trying to get weapons and bodyguards and everything that he can to fight Dracula. But Dracula fights the, the one mercenary he has and pretty much laughs at it. And the crosses don't work because you got to have faith for this to work <laughs> on me, <laughs> Mr. Vincent. <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> but uh, it, it was really cool. And I... Uh, I don't own a lot of Apple comics, but this was a good anthology. And it looks like they have a lot of series that that would interest me. But I, that's where I saw the ad for The Miracle Squad, which is like a, uh, a movie. Um, it says, Lights, Camera, Action, Disaster. And it looks like something I'd be really interested in. And then it has something called Vox that looks like sci-fi. Uh, that, that there's where the Vietnam Journal came from too, and I don't—I've never read one of those either. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I don't think I have some really any good Apple. stuff. Mm -hmm. And they had picked up several titles from other publishers. I know they had picked up um, Eagle, 
which was being self-published by the creators under their imprint Crystal. And then it ran at least into the 20s of some sort, and which is pretty good for a black and white independent. Yeah, Eagle Eagle just came out. I don't know if it's reprint. I think it is reprint from American Mythology too. Yeah, I was happy to see it return, but apparently yeah. it didn't sell very well. I wouldn't think it would, only to people like us, Kirk. Right. <laughs> we need we need more of us. Mhm. But I I would highly recommend this book if you're a vampire fan. It's a really good anthology with some big names i i can't believe the talent they have on this stuff and they were very very early in their career so it's even more fascinating like you if you would have looked at the credits and you saw that adam use penciled this thing you would never guess it was the adam use that we're used to all right yeah yeah i think adam hughes first work is actually in one of the early issues of eagle yeah. So maybe maybe he had some connection with Apple and the, and the guys there. Or maybe it was just take whatever job they offer you. Yeah. So do you have some of these, Kirk? The Blood of Dracula? I've got several of them. I, I usually would pick... At first I was just buying them because of the covers. I would say, oh, a Paul Chadwick cover and, oh, a Dave Dorman cover. But then I kind of got more into the stories and... I picked up a good chunk of them, I think, last year at uh, Second and Charles on the way to Heroes Con, because I didn't have but maybe three or four of them. Yeah. And I think I, I think I've doubled that now. Yeah, I have three of them now from that that one uh, Facebook auction, and I got them a buck each, so it's it was a pretty good deal. Oh, you did good, because usually if they show up, they're usually several dollars, because it's you know the early covers, Adam Hughes yeah. work. And early Paul Chadwick cover, and you know, so early, early Mike. Well, I guess it wouldn't be early for Mike Grell, but he was a legend at that point. Mm-hmm. So, and I was in they, a Dracula they, mood. Like I had just finished V Wars on uh, Netflix, which is a pandemic about vampires, which didn't get renewed for a second season. But oh well, I saw the first season. So are I, you saying that vampires are next? Is that what we're getting next? Well, I got Dracula. The Dracula <laughs> Netflix was incredible. If I turn on the news when this is over and I see vampires are, are the next evolution of this COVID virus, I'm blaming you, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way they treat it. It's like an evolution. Like they were around at caveman times and somehow they they passed away, just like the dinosaur, and then they released the virus that would bond with a certain gene with people with a certain gene and sort of mutate them into a a vampire. It it was pretty crazy. But uh, what do you guys got? What else you got? You want to go Rob? Sure. I'll go. Yeah. Um, For first, uh, before, before we go to the, to my pick, Mike, what, what can you tell me? Can you tell me anything at all about Joe exotic? (laughs) <laughs> I, I could tell you that it, it, it's pretty fascinating have you have you seen the whole thing i just finished the last one today yeah. i i just finished the t- episode two I, so i'm oh, okay. way behind it only yeah. gets crazier mike i i just i can't 
freaking believe this. I, I, can't, I can't believe, believe it these exists. Are real people. I can't believe this. These real, these people really exist, and they have like a little war between each other. Like I, I just can't understand, and I can't believe that one guy's a cult leader, and he has like I'll, nine I'll wives. Yeah. I, I, I can't believe it. And I, oh. I the other thing I can't believe is they work 12 hours a day, and this guy lives, like, in a freaking mansion. Like, mm-hmm. and then he's got a house, like these With huge houses, bigger than my house for each one of his wives. How does he afford that? And have <laughs> to feed all these tigers and exotic animals. That, I mean, and he comes around, and they have to call him Lord. Like that's crazy. Well, I, I think his, his base Lord. ticket price was like six hundred dollars too. Which yes. I don't understand. Who's going to 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 see this stuff? Uh, somebody. <laughs> what 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 does this ticket get you to see? Because I I mean I've seen the memes of Joe Exotic. I'm familiar <laughs> with the guy, but I don't know much about this show. The, but, the little bit I've heard, I'm like these people are insane. Joe Joe so Exotic is, is just part of it. Like yeah. What you find out is there's like a network of exotic animal breeders and stuff, and they all kind of stem off this one guy that has like nine wives. Like he, what what is that guy's called? He's like Doctor Something. Doc he, Doc uh, starts with a C, didn't it? Doc. I can't I, remember. I, I, but anyway, he has a PhD in like mystical arts. Like he's like <laughs> sort. He's like the sorcerer so supreme. Doctor Strange. He's Doctor Doc Strange. <laughs> yeah, in mystical sciences, and the guys, the interviewer, the documentary is. I didn't know that was a thing. <laughs> yeah. And Joe Exotic has two husbands, and uh, he wants to kill another person that has a, that's like pro endangered species and thinks and, he's and doing she, wrong. And she's as weird as they are. Oh, she. Oh, she yeah, killed her, her husband. husband's in the septic she, tank. She killed the husband. Wait, wait, yeah. wait, wait. In the septic tank. Yeah, that's <laughs> what the the accusation is: is that she buried him in the septic tank. A millionaire I, I, I husband thought they they killed dis- him. Disappeared. The, yeah, he just vanished, and she was never accused. Nope. She, she could have fed him to the lions. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. Good way to get. I don't give my wife any ideas. <laughs> <laughs> There's the copper snake there. Better watch out. <laughs> I'm serious. It, it's just it, it's insane. So I, I was just curious how far you've 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 gone, J- Joe. You've seen it then? Yeah, we knocked it out last weekend. Like uh, we we did it over two days. Yeah. That's we're we're gonna probably watch another two or three more tonight after I'm they done. Go yeah, they go fast. Because fat. it's like it has like this addictive interest. Like there's something. It's it's just odd. The whole thing is just weird, and yeah. it, it's weird because it, it's something that like you wouldn't think would exist. Like I always thought endangered species like it was illegal, like, and it seems like these they breed them and stuff as it is, and then they there, there's implications that they kill them when they get older because they can't feed them. Yeah, yeah especially and, Doc Antle as it goes on. You'll yeah. You'll, oh my God. Really boost of a lot of that. <clears throat> yeah, it's it's. I I never thought I, this thing keeps on showing. They're advertising the hell out of it on Netflix because I yeah. go to I go to pick something up and it shows up and it says like the hottest thing on Netflix right now is this and yeah. I was like I gotta watch it. My brother called me and said you gotta stop wa- watching what you're watching and 
watch this. But but uh, I would say watch the Dracula too. Rob watched it. It's it's yeah. one of the most unique Dracula takes I have ever seen with with the best Van Helsing I have ever seen. Because it's Van what? Helsing as a female nun, and she. What is, Dracula is this? It's a, it's it's, it's three episodes, but it's like three little movies. They're about an hour and twenty minutes each, and it it goes through the decades. I mean, it is it is uh, it is quite the uh, it's quite worth it if you're a Dracula fan, because the first episode is like classic. The second episode is on the Demeter, which is the boat that got Dracula from Transylvania to London. And then the third one goes into it, it's like crazy. I don't even want to tell you how it gets there, but it's yeah, insane. Yeah, no, don't say, yeah, yeah, it's good. It's good. Oh, yeah. if you guys haven't watched that? Definitely check that out. I I, I I love the the nun actress. Oh, she's amazing. I have never seen anybody. I'm going to use a weird term here. Have the balls to go do what she would do. <laughs> what she would do, what what anybody would do, like taunting Dracula. I have never seen that in my entire life, and I watch a lot of vampire films. The way she taunted him is mm-hmm. just, oh my God, it's just mind-blowing. She yeah, had no fear in the entire world, and she had no idea that what things were going to work. She had no idea. She didn't care. But that's enough Dracula. That's good. And, and, and uh, what's his name? <laughs> Joe, Joe Exotic. Joe Exotic. Exotic, yeah. Oh, he is a... Okay, well, I, I picked a brand new comic book. I just thought it was just amazing when I read it. I'm like, oh, you know what? Let's let's cover this. It's from that new company, AWA. Oh, yeah. Red, Red Border, number one. Have you guys re- read this yet? I have not. I don't think I've even heard of this. Oh, man, this is good. This is good. They um, really, AWA, they, new company. They uh, released all their titles in one week, right yep, before like the... Four-ish, four different series, I think, started yeah. with. Hotel was really good, too. Well, actually, they've all been good, but um, I like this one in Hotel the best so far. Um, so this one uh, starts out in Juarez, Mexico, and it's a group of friends, uh, uh, six, six couples, and they're all hanging out. They're just, they're just chatting. They're talking about their country in general and kind of where it is, where it's been, where it's going, um, and, you know, are they making you know is the country itself making progress are they are they stuck in the past what's going on and um you know they're they're talking about uh, the relationship between regular citizens the police and kind of like you know the the cartels and um apparently this one of the one of the women had seen something and had actually uh, talked to talked to the police so they're kind of, you know, talking about her and the fact that she was, you know, very, very brave to do this. And this is what their point is. You, you know, we've, we've got to start partnering with the police if we're actually going to have some sort of change in this country. You know, we can't just be uh, mute about this. And um, <clears throat> uh, as they're as they're talking, they're, they're sharing uh, wine over the, uh, the dinner table and uh, they get a knock on the door and 
uh, of course, no surprise, but it's um, a handful of cartel members that are now after her because um, she's she's uh, kind of blown them in. So they they uh, as soon as the door opens, they they start opening fire and uh, basically um, execute everyone except for this woman and and her boyfriend or or husband. I'm not sure if they're married or not. And uh, they managed to uh, kill one of the kill one of the guys just from high. They were hiding behind a door, and when he came out, the the guy the um, yeah, the the cartel member in the back, and and then they they took off and, and got in the car and drove away just just in the nick of time. Um, so the the actual um, uh, cartel leader. Uh, hears about this and he's he's pissed that was actually his nephew that ended up uh being killed so he uh you know he obviously you know wants uh these these two even more than he did before um so as they drive they drove away they they get out of the car uh once they get to a certain um area and they decide they're going to try to walk um uh, on foot across the border um into the United States so uh uh, they're, they're kind of scouting out, trying to figure stuff out. Um, the, uh, the the woman had uh, looked up some information while she still had a cell signal to try to figure out, um, wh- you know, when is the go- best time, where is the best place, so on and so forth. And as they're kind of um, looking around, um, this uh, this other guy named uh, Tito, he um, comes up to them and says, you know, I'm trying to cross as well. I've been doing some surveillance for like two weeks. And it's like, uh, you know, at this one area, there's only like basically like um, barbed wire and blockades to keep like vehicles from going. But people should be able to sneak through. And I've been watching the, um, you know, the the actual patrols but kind of know when they're when they're coming and when they're going. So after some debate on whether or not they can trust this guy, they decide to end up um, coming with coming with him. And uh, so they get to where they they're planning on crossing, and they're going to wait um, for for dusk. And so uh, they're about to cross. They say, "Okay, look, it's just a vehicle border. Patrol there for ten minutes. Let let's go." And uh, just before they're going to start. Uh, taking off, they get ambushed by uh, quite a few cartel members. It looks like there's at least six or seven, and uh, they get they get uh, a couple down on on their knees, as well as um as well as Tito, and they're about to um, execute them. And some and then out of nowhere, they the cartel members start getting shot all over the place. Um. Like one after the other, bam, 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 and they start firing back, but they don't even know where they're supposed to fire to. Um, and uh, five out of the six die. One guy runs away. You see, just out of the shadows, a guy walking with a long, like, uh, rifle, and says, five out of six ain't bad." And it's uh, obviously an American guy. He's wearing a cowboy hat and, and, and stuff, and he he actually grabs one of the um. One of the cartel members that he had killed uh, like picks him up by his hair and like t- takes a takes a selfie uh, picture with him and you know he says say queso and uh, 
so he introduces himself. His name's uh, Raymond Colby. And uh, he's like, you know, Border Patrol is going to be by any time now. And I'm sure that they've, you know, heard these shots. He's like, uh, why don't you guys come with me? My ranch is only 10 miles away. So they're really hesitant. But at this point, they really don't have much of a choice because, you know, sure enough, Border Patrol is going to be there. Um, so they jump in. Um, they uh, they, they uh, come with him across the border into his pickup truck. Um, and... Uh, <laughs> They they jump in his pickup truck and he he you know he he starts driving and he's he's like uh, this the last the last quote is round uh, these parts we always show an opportunity to show our southern friends some American hospitality trust me folks y'all gonna love my family and the, even the picture the cover of issue two it's very very obvious that this is a setup for what is going to end up being like an action horror comic book there. This, this guy's family is like, uh, I, I don't know this, but you can tell by the, by the whole thing is going to be something out of like Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Um, I wasn't expecting that because it was a fr- pretty straightforward crime story right up until the end. And, and that little twist at the end with it, like kind of having a, a horror element to it, was a was a really great um, addition to the to the story. I highly highly recommend these books. Uh, I, Mike, I know you've got all four of them. Um, all of them are, are 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 really good. I really thought the hotel um, comic was great. Red Border was great. Resistance was really good. Uh, and Archangel Eight, I think the other one that was the first one I read. That was that was a good one as well. But um, I'm really I'm really sad now. I'm going to have to wait for any more issues of this stuff because I mean this this was a great this was a great. Yeah, it was uh, just bad timing on their part. Yep. <laughs> There's a couple of publishers, them and Bad Idea, that really pick, coincidentally picked times to launch that that were bad. Oh, yeah. It's it's a shame. But Bad yeah, Idea. And we'll- Bad idea. Plus the one publisher, like uh, a blaze, they're only like four or five months old too. Yeah. yeah. I mean, at least bad idea didn't even start launching yet. Right. And like, I'm sure you read like uh, Dinesh's post and stuff, Mike. But like, it's you know, I mean, they're going all in. They're they're ramping up their stories and stuff, getting things ready. Yeah. And it's been you know starting that fund to to, to help those comic book stores. I but mean, who knows it, how long it could be, and I already prepaid. <laughs> did you? I haven't paid yet. I tried, I yeah, reached out, I kinda, but I started it yet. That's when all the, I don't know if I fans, should so. send them a note saying, can I get refunded? Because I don't know when it'll be now. Yeah. So have they been solicited, or is this a Kickstarter thing, or no, Indiegogo? No, they're, yeah. they're not solicited through previews. They're, you, ha- you have to go to, like, a specialty store. We have to go to one of the hundred stores that it was offered to, and okay. and b- beg for the them to get you on their subscription. Yeah. Gotcha. So Joe, if you go on their website, it lists the hundred comic book stores across the world, which most of them, uh, you know, are in the United States, but there are in Canada and, and even overseas. Um, the hundred stores that are going to be carrying their comics directly from the publisher. And so if you don't have any local to you, there are quite a few, you know, stores that will be happy to, to, to ship them out. So um, that's what I'm going to end up doing. That's what, Mike, that's what you're doing. Um, I'm going to 
I'll probably just, you know, get a monthly monthly order from them because they're not going to publish a lot. It sounds like what at the most once they ramp up, like maybe four comics a month or something, Mike. It's at the most, and right now it's starting with one. So. Yeah. But well, I like them starting small. That that sounds more appealing. Year, apparently. Yeah, it's just logistics you have to worry about. Like you, you have to go to another party to get it, and then you. That is not one. The only big one that you could get easily from mail order is probably Midtown. Um, yeah. That's the big one, but you know, there's a plenty of other shops that that do mail order that you could probably go to as well. But they've delayed it. It was supposed to come out in May, and now we it's it's not determined when they'll release. But the good news is they've they're not stopping their creation. In other words, like all the other publishers are kind of telling artists and writers, you know, halt. They're they're stockpiling their books, so maybe on release day we'll get two books instead of one or, or something. Yeah, to because that they said they're like actually doubling their they're going to double their their production right now during this yeah. downtime. Yeah. I feel bad Which for Dinesh. I, I say, like I, it, I, 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 I know he's like the ultimate optimist, but yeah. for him to have vested so much into Bloodshot and have that flop, be, mm. and mostly I think because of the coronavirus, because Vin Diesel's big in China, and that was when it was the hot zone and then the theaters opened back up, but then they closed. Oh, right back away, yeah. Up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, it never really had a time to, uh, I, I guess, build an audience. I, I, I bought it just to buy it and watch it. But, um, during this downtime and support him any way I can, but he, yeah, to, he to, doesn't, he doesn't deserve the bad luck he seems to be getting because like you said, not only an optimist, but the fact that like he's got a brand new endeavor here. Instead of saying, "Okay, we're going to put a hold on this, let's stop," he's like, "No, let's let's get more people, let's get more writers and artists on board and and get them starting to to, to create." Well, he's a, he's he's a real optimist and, and, because, and save that for a comic yeah, he, book. he's an optimist because he doesn't know what that LCS will look like after all this. That 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 hundred stores might be fifty after all said and done. Yeah, but you yeah, know, some of those might be a different hundred stores. Fifty in 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 no time at all. I'm sure he's got yeah. plenty other stores that would would be happy that you know to carry one of his. But I I know a lot of shops. They don't run like I mean we're we're not talking like mycomicshop.com or DCBS. Those are big 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 ones. Um. A lot of these shops that that are local, they they run on like a poverty level. In other words, their income is is not high, and if they can stockpile three weeks worth of money, that's a good thing. Like, uh, be ahead on a profit and have some three weeks worth of living, but it's it's not a profitable venture. No, not at all. Mm-mm. No, it's yeah, my, one of one of the stores closest to me. Uh, I've been supporting it. I've been doing the. Uh, I've been reading. Well, I haven't read them yet because they hadn't got here. But I've been ordering from Black Mask. Uh, I did an order with uh, Scout, 
And then um, the the store itself for twenty five bucks, they let you pick Marvel, DC, or indie, and they like bring you uh, five plus pounds of comics and two trades. That's um, interesting because Mile High is doing that exactly, yeah, the exact thing. Yeah, it was it was and, and it was like six pounds of indie comics and and three trades is what they brought me, and it was awesome because uh, you know. You're sitting at home, nothing to do, and then you get a huge box and you don't know what's in it. It was pretty cool, and it's a way for them to get stuff, you know, that would have been dollar uh, dollar box fodder anyway. So yeah, I, I kind of wanted to do that, but but man, I, the probability of them giving me something I already have is very high. <laughs> I mean, it's very high, especially if it's like yeah, maturi- I love the surprise boxes, but I usually end up with an awful lot of duplicates. Yeah. All right, it's your turn, Kirk. All right, for my pick, the cover copy says, Enter the world of danger, drama, and death. Do y'all know what this this is? Mm-mm. It's an Atlas comic. Am I close? I guess kind of, in a way. It is <laughs> Night, Night Nurse number four from Marvel ah, Comics there you 3. Go. From right, cover dated May 1973. You know, those are hard to come by, especially they in, good, are. in good condition, man. And they're expensive. They're expensive, in, got... they're expensive in bad condition. Yeah, Which I did that. Which number did you do? Number four. four. Number four. I think it's issue. the last issue. It is yeah. the last issue. Uh, I want to say maybe four years ago, maybe longer, uh, Marvel did one of those like 100-page spectaculars where it had all four of them in one volume. I picked it up then. Yeah, so did I. I've been keeping an eye out for the others, though. They're, they're just, yeah. they're, they're they just, just don't show up. expensive. Yeah, I've never seen one. Yeah. Like Aaron Myers had it on his Facebook page. He had a, I don't remember, it wasn't a one, but it was pretty, it was freaking like borderline <laughs> gvg like it was it was bad and it i feel like i probably found issues of these 20 or 30 years ago in like quarter bins and it didn't bother picking them up well yeah because my uh brian michael bendis hadn't touched her yet (laughs) right yeah yeah well this is night nurse number four apparently the last issue writer is gene thomas and linda fight and artwork by Joe's buddy, Winslow Mortimer. And Roy Thomas is the editor, and I wonder if he's related to Does Gene. Joe know Winslow Mortimer? <laughs> no. Like, is he... Joe knows Winslow. Are you guys buddies? <laughs> no. <laughs> can, I, can I get a commission from Winslow? This is some typical uh, uh, <laughs> typical Kirk stuff where he grabs hold of something and runs with it. I don't know what it's <laughs> No, I'll do that. <laughs> and my daddy wasn't related to Scalp on Reader. Come on. <laughs> well, we'll see. Ancestry.com has a thing or two to say about that. <laughs> you know, they allow public edits. Oh, boy. <laughs> So Stan Lee presents Night Nurse in The Secret of Seacliff Manor. And this story is stealing from Snoopy, most definitely. This story opens on a dark and stormy night. Christine Palmer stands at the end of a walkway leading to a dark, scary-looking mansion up on a hill. She thinks to herself, I'm here at last. 
I must have walked miles in this sleeting rain. Why did everyone in that town nearby refuse to bring me to this house? Why? <laughs> it's got three question marks, so you gotta you gotta go with the emphasis. So Chris has left her previous nursing position at the hospital and is looking for a new job that isn't in another hospital because hospitals only remind her of the betrayal and theft by one Dr. William Sutton. She responds to an ad in the newspaper looking for a physiotherapist, and after a little bit of correspondence, she manages to get the job. When she arrives in town by bus, she struggles to find a ride. No cab driver will take her out to this scary place. She hitchhikes, but when the driver finds out where she wants to go, he makes an excuse about being low on gas and will only go so far as a nearby dirt road. She's cold and soaking wet when she arrives at the mansion, only to have the butler tell her to go away when he answers the door. Fortunately, or maybe unfortunately, for Christine, the lady of the house witnesses this and orders Harold the butler to let Chris in. The lady introduces her to her new patient, her nephew, Derek Porter. Derek has been in a wheelchair since a boating accident last year. You know how those rich people are with their boating accidents. Mm -hmm. Soon after meeting Derek, the dark and stormy night intensifies and power is lost. The mistress of the house, Etna, wishes that they had never taken out the gas lights. Christine is shown to her room where she changes for bed, and it shows a view from her from behind wearing no bra and just panties, which I found a little bit racy. So I want Joe to talk to his buddy Winslow about that and see what the inspiration <laughs> was for that. Does that. This is 1973, buddy. Well, you know, they're and, friends of the family, so I'm sure it was someone I knew. Well, was it? I mean, was this back in the burn your bra era? I mean, I just. I want some answers, Joe. <laughs> She can't sleep, and she gets up and looks out the window and notices some lights on at the lighthouse as she looks through the window. The next morning, she waits until breakfast to talk to her new housemates about this, and Edna and Harold tell her that she must have imagined everything because that lighthouse has been abandoned since World War II. Cue the drama, dramatic music. Dun, dun, dun! A bit later, Chris begins Derek's therapy. She's got him on the table working his legs, and he's pretty negative about how this is never going to work, and he's never going to walk again, and she implores him to please be positive. She chooses to take him outside because it's a bright, sunny day, and immediately as she gets near the cliff, his wheelchair loses a wheel, and he nearly falls off the cliff, but she manages to catch him, and then Harold the butler comes and drags them both to safety. Well, so, so the guy she is, almost kills the guy. She almost kills the guy immediately. <laughs> and I got to tell you, pushing a wheelchair through the grass is not an easy task. And this oh, no, a, it's not. It's a this is task. a very attractive, small, framed woman pushing this guy through the, the thick grass on a seaside coast. And that's, that's pretty impressive. She's, she's got some muscles on her. I, I have a question. In, in the sure. cover, it looks like she's a blonde, but... In the cover, she has red hair. Is she wearing a wig or what? As best I can tell, the previous issues focused on the blonde, and they branched out for the redhead in this fourth and final issue. Oh, so there, there's, it, it's a different person? It's, it's a, a different person because 
at the hospital she's left where she was betrayed by that naughty doctor, she tells the blonde nurse that she's leaving, that she she doesn't know where she's going to go, but she can't stay here. Oh. <laughs> so the stars not, focused on the non-night nurse. Well, this is a whole other night nurse. Apparently, they work the same night shift. Bendis, yeah, so it's like did, night court. Did Bendis you know? get into this? <laughs> did he get into the second night nurse? I'm not familiar with what Bendis did, so I'll have to defer to Joe and Winslow and see if it, either of them know. She was in the Netflix show too. Yeah, she, she yeah she she operated on Doctor Strange and uh, that one uh, one uh, what's it called the Oath or whatever as well. She's been in a lot of different stuff. Basically, well, she's like if you're a superhero and you're hurt, you go to Night Nurse. Can you, she can you, takes care. Yeah, can you give us a little ten minute synopsis because you knew Wart, Wart, Mortimer and he he created the character. <laughs> <laughs> Just tell us what your relative, you know, told you. Okay. Pass us some so information. Is, Our listeners want to know. Our this is my relation to Winslow Mortimer. I was reading a comic this afternoon that he wrote. <laughs> And uh, Kirk has grabbed hold of that, and, he, and now Winslow is a dear friend of the family just because I read a Supergirl he wrote this afternoon. Well, can I ask you a serious question? Is he in quarantine with you, or is he away? <laughs> I have no idea, man. They keep, they keep Uncle Winslow in the back room because of his age. They're trying to protect him. Oh, that's a good idea. I wish he was down there. I'd get him to draw Supergirl for me. Jeez. <laughs> get him to draw Night Nurse with, with no bra. <laughs> <laughs> Your family can probably sell that one better on eBay after we're gone. Okay, who's going to sell better on eBay? Uh, Supergirl with no bra or Night Nurse with no bra? Come well, on. You didn't say Supergirl with no bra was an option. Well, I'm just saying if you could draw Supergirl and you're the one saying he draws with no bras, Jeez, Louise. Well, I know, like, Jason Wood is into the, like, Domino character from 11 O'Clock Comics. Right. And I, I know there, I know on Twitter I've seen some guy that just is so fascinated with Night Nurse that that's like his, he asks artists to draw Night Nurse for him. That's Kirk's buddy. That's that's my friend Josh Cruz. Is he it really? He is. He is a Night Nurse. So he <laughs> likes the character Night oh, Nurse. Oh, wow. So do you know Mortimer, too? Only through Joe. Oh, only through Joe. <laughs> I'm never reading Supergirl again. Uh, careful now, Joe. This is being recorded. <laughs> Next month is Supergirl month. That's right. It's the month of April. Oh. It could be. You could have a special on your relative. <laughs> so, so, so after after the near death experience, Derek says he's tired and he's going to go back to bed. And so everybody turns in for the night, even though it's a bright, sunny afternoon. They just apparently all go to bed. And that night, Chris has trouble sleeping, probably because she went to bed at 3.30 in the afternoon. And she spots someone signaling back to the lighthouse. She steps out on the balcony trying to get a better look, and she almost falls because someone has obviously sawed the railing loose. Again, she waits until breakfast the next morning to confront anybody, and she talks to Harold and Edna about it who tell her she's being paranoid and that Harold has been working on the railings out there and she probably just came to a weak spot that he hasn't finished. And that the lights were probably just trespassers. 
Well, our, our heroine, Christine, does not buy it, and she starts investigating. And, of course, she finds a secret passage in this mansion and follows it down and finds a pair of shoes at the end of the passage covered in mud. Well, she keeps walking down the trail from the passage to find Derek and discovers Derek can walk. He rises from the chair to try to push her off the cliff. She screams out for help, and Harold the butler and Edna, the old lady, wander up just in time. And again, Harold uses superhuman strength to hurl this wheelchair through this seagrass on the cliff of this Oceanside Manor to hurl the chair at Derek and knocks Derek off the cliff. He apologizes to Edna for killing her nephew, but Edna says that's okay. She knew he was up to no good. He was just the last of her family. And this was a rather bizarre Marvel comic for our April Fool's special, but I really did enjoy it because I really didn't know who was going to end up being the villain in this because they all seemed like nut jobs and up to no good. And at the back, there was a house ad for Foom, which I thought was really cool. Friends of old Marvel and the Dracula Lives magazine, which they tout as a 76 page magazine masterpiece. So now I want some Dracula Lives magazines because they are masterpieces. (laughs) I have one. So so I do I do recommend Night Nurse. I'm interested in joining Foom. Somebody contact Jim Steranko and see if I can still enroll. And I need some Dracula Lives magazines. There you go. Now I want to get some Night Nurse. Well, you know I really what? enjoyed it. An affordable thing is to do the what what, what Joe talked about because I bought the that and it, it has all four issues plus a Bendis story. So I see that. Yeah. It's a thick. Not, it's not a, a bad thick, idea. It's a thick book, man. That's a beast. Mm-hmm. I want to read it now. Did it have a new story in it, or was it all just? I think reprints? it's all reprints. It's all reprints, yeah. I think I, I think I read Night Nurse number one many 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 years ago. Is the no one real you, memory of it? Does the one that you have is it in good shape? It's probably about a very good plus, I would say, maybe a fine minus. Ah, uh, yeah. I mean, this decent. Good. I bought it from a, a Comic Heaven mail order auction decades ago. And at the time, I thought oh. I paid too much, and now I'm thrilled to have it. Well, well, how much did you pay for it? I think I paid, I, I want to say $20. Oh, that's a good price. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially now. Yeah. Well, uh, because there's not, my wife there's not a lot a in nurse. print. Yeah, there's not a lot in print. I can't believe the linkages. I mean, he's Joe has linked to Mortimer and <laughs> and and you're you're linked to the night nurse commission guy. That's amazing. Well, and I'm I'm married to a night nurse too. That you that's are. Why I, that's why I bought this comic when it came up for auction was because it had the the blonde night nurse, and I was married to a blonde night nurse. Yeah. Uh, well, actually, I may I may have just been dating her at the time, but I was like, yeah, yeah, a blonde night nurse, yeah. <laughs> and I didn't even know they had a topless scene in there. <laughs> <laughs> How could they have that? That was Comics Code, wasn't it? Uh, it's uh, Comics Code approved. Now she does have her, your, her back to you, but she's turned just enough where you get some side boob, 
And it's like, this is okay? And Marvel, 1973 Marvel? Uncle Winslow had some friends on the commission. (laughs) He could do what he wanted to. (laughs) You go, Uncle Winslow. (laughs) I'm going to have to track down some of his underground work he did with Robert Crumb. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Does anybody got anything else? Not I, not I. All right, well, I think well, I, could... I did do the foofer, but there's not much to say ex- other than it's just a fun little comic suitable for all ages. It was foofer. What is it? Number four from got it here next to me, February 1988. And I love that old foofer. <laughs> he is my friend. Foofer. Is this another star book? Yes, it's a, a star comic, and it says TV's new favorite star, Foofer number four, which I also think might be the last issue. I know it didn't have a very long run. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got a star comic in that blind box. I got a Alf number two. They they used to be fairly common in dollar boxes, and they've pretty much dried up. I would think Alf would have a popular following because that show was a hit. Well, Alf ran, I want to say, 50 issues. It was, he had a really good run. I think the only one that ran longer was Heathcliff. What was, uh, what was your fascination with Star, Kirk? It's kind of an unusual thing. Well, it it had some properties that I, I liked. I liked Heathcliff. Heathcliff ran in the newspaper where my grandmother lived, I think, and she would cut them out and save them for me. And I started getting the little trade paperback, black and white books, reprinting some of the strips through my Scholastic Weekly Reader book order or whatever it was. And then I hear, here comes the comic. So I was a charter subscriber for Heathcliff. And I think, I think this was just at a time where, you know, I'm, I'm a teenager and my, my friends are all doing things that I wasn't necessarily comfortable with. I was just an awkward, nerdy, comic-loving kid. And I think the Star Comics were a way to hold on to that childhood innocence because, man, they really, really struck with with me uh, the right way. I was like, I want them all. <laughs> I don't think I own too many of the Star books. I've got Wally the Wizard. I have some Alf. That's it. And Planet Terry. And Planet Terry. Well, Planet have... Terry was one of my favorites. Yeah, I have the three. I, uh, I liked Wally the Wizard. Those are the two that I stuck with. I had the three, uh, like, uh, what do you call them? It's kind of almost like the cross-gen books. It's weird. Instead of doing, like, a complete collection of to- uh, Top Dog or, or Heathcliff or whatever, they, they would do, like, three of uh, about four of the different series, and there's three books of them, and it's, like, collections. I have those. Are you talking about the smaller trade collections they did years yeah, ago? Yeah, but like, yeah, but they're weird because it's not like I say it's not like you get like a run of a character. You'll have like three issues of Wally, then you'll have three issues right. of Royal Roy, then you'll have three issues of Top Dog. They're kind of kind of strange, but it's yeah, like, I've yeah, got, the, I got the, that set. The, yeah, the Forge at CrossGen. Yeah, exactly. They had, they had the Forge and whatever. I can't remember what the other one was called. Do you? I, I can't. I know what you're talking about, but yeah, it's the exact same thing where it would be like, like the Forge had like Sovereign, Negation, Meridian, Crux, and then the other right. one had the others had a bunch of others. I did not buy these uh, the 
anthologies that they came out with, but I'm interested in, even though I have the original material, I find it fascinating that they, CrossGen did a lot of experimentation that was pretty awesome. Well, it's an interesting way to collect something because it's not going to make it super easy to read. Well, they tried, I wonder, they tried to I wonder if it's because they were doing like jump. a... That's but exactly what I was about to say. I wondered if they were trying to be shown and jump yeah. is what they were shooting for. And yeah. they also played around digitally before people were even looking at it as an option. That's true. Yep. So they, they were like groundbreaking. And then they tried to go back old school into the, the bullpen and put everybody in an office, which was interesting. Too. Yeah, they they had they had everybody move down to, Florida. I think it was Tampa. Tampa yeah. they were based in. Had everybody move there, gave them health care. I mean, they they really tried to do it differently. It was yeah. a very bold move. I wish they had lasted longer. Yeah. I they think the only good. one I really read regularly was Sojourn, however you say that, with, with the Greg Land art. Yeah. Man, that was pretty. I was all in, man. Route 66. Route Sovereign. 666 is awesome. Yeah, Route yep. 60, 666. Negation. The path. They had the the way, way of, of the, the rat. rat. Yep. yep. <laughs> so you get you get your kung fu fighting there. Heck yeah, uh, that was a good yeah, one. Yeah. What was the one um, uh, uh, Bart Sears did? Because it's it's so good. The art doesn't even That's look like path. typical Bart Sears. Yeah, that one's awesome. Yeah. Well, he did two of them. Him and uh, the guy that draws like him, Andrew Clark. Is it? God, I was. Andy it? Smith. Andy Smith. Thank you. Yeah. Because I remember the first time I read that, I was like, this doesn't look like the Bart Sears that was doing Justice League. This It's a much cleaner version. It's well, a lot less that, sketchy. They did the God one, and I can't remember the name of it. Like, They were like a pantheon of gods. I can't remember what they were. It's going to drive me crazy now. Mm-hmm. I hate getting old. I like remember it. But, <laughs> but, but the path was a, a Bart Sears. Yeah, but that's there, the one I there, think I was thinking there, of. There was another one though that him and uh, Clark did, or Smith, An- Andy Smith. And it says I'm missing number four. What the hell? Ah! <laughs> <laughs> uh, what a time to find out. No, oh, you I can't know, even I go know. on mycomicshop.com and place an order. I know, and that's what I'm looking at right now. All this stuff I can't order from them. Yeah. Yeah, the one, I think I discovered them through uh, the bookstore because that was what I always called my dark ages when I was in college and had no money for comics. Is uh, I I ran across uh, Ruse and it was in those like slightly bigger than manga sized trade paperbacks and that was the first cross gen I read and that Ruse was good stuff. That's the one that had Butch Geis art, right? Yeah, it was okay, him yeah, and I want to say did, Mark Wade. Yeah, I did pick that one up. I I try to get anything he draws. Yeah, that was a great series. I think they even brought that back for Marvel for like, I don't know, two or three issues or something. Yeah, it was like four. Okay. They brought two back. They brought that and Sigil. I didn't get into that but, one. But, but that was... that one was totally different, though. Like, they, it wasn't even close to the original material. Mm-hmm. Bruce was. The other one was, wasn't anything near it. It was, and then, and then towards the end, they started doing like uh, He-Man and 
They started doing like uh, Lady Death. They they started. I have put... some of their Dragon's Lair stuff. Yeah, Dragon's Lair. They started yeah. to play around with licensed properties. They were a fascinating company, and the quality well, what was of their the big work crossover. Was... And there's like an issue, and then it died. I mean, it, it pulled well, a negation war. Negation yeah. war never finished. That was Tony Bedard. Yeah. yeah. And that started like it was going to be awesome, and then it's like maybe two issues, and then it's done. Yeah, and then there was the pirate book too. Um, yeah. God, I can't remember what that one was called. El Cazador. Yeah. Yeah, that was uh, Steve Epting. And then they had a crazy one with Demetrius, and like it was like fantasy magic. Abadazid. Yes. Yeah, yes. Yeah. And that <laughs> one, that one actually. That was uh, Mike Plug. Yeah, it was. It was. So like, there was a lot of gold there in that in that cross gen. Those, I feel like those that two got were reprinted. at the tail end. That it did. Uh, Disney. Well, I guess they did something with it, and it became. It not only got reprinted, but they they took. They novelized it. In other words, okay. they turn, what they did was they turned it into like a prose book, but Plug would draw a page like for every four four pages of prose. He right. would like draw a page. I like his art a lot. Oh yeah, it's it's good looking stuff. It's got that kind of Wizard of Oz look to it mm-hmm. uh, in this one. My favorite was Meridian. God, I love that one. Which one was Meridian? That was the the fantasy with the one girl, like the the princess. But it was it was really good. There there was two of them I liked. Meridian, I I loved, and then there was uh, another fantasy one with a guy with blonde hair, but I can't remember the name of it. Those are my two favorite. I remember reading Cyan, because that's the one with Greg Land started on, wasn't it? No, Sojourn. which one? Sojourn, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that was, what I remember that reading was, that That one. was actually, when that launched, that was their most popular book because of the art. Yeah. Um, well, that was one of his early ones, wasn't it? Yeah. Greg Land? Yeah. But he I had, think that's he, where I first found him. He, he definitely changed his art style, because he had he had done, like, Nightwing and stuff before that. He started to go with a more photo reference. That's why she looks absolutely beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't, I don't know what he did, but I liked it. Yeah. I, I've seen him get a lot of criticism online for using photo reference, but you know, my feeling is if it makes the page look good, do whatever you want to do. Well, I think sometimes some of his facial expressions are really weird. Um, but other than that, I mean, yeah, usually it's pretty. But just it, every so it, often, there's like a weird he, face. He, he, I think he can tell. I think he does good storytelling too. Yeah, like totally. It, it's, it's just different. Like whatever he did, he changed. He morphed to something different. I like his art. A lot of people don't. Because there was a time when he was doing like the ultimates and stuff like that, where it looked like he was getting a issue of Playboy magazine and taking like pictures of it and drawing over it. <laughs> <laughs> There's a video on YouTube. I actually watched where he showed where land had gotten some of his reference from. And yeah, you you're dead on about what, some of that. <laughs> That's, and that explains 
uh, some of the weird facial expressions that Joe referenced. <laughs> well, yeah, you would see like a, I, I always called it the Unaboob. There's like this one picture I remember from I, I was probably Ultimate FF where her breasts are drawn. And it looks like it's just one large lumpy breast across the middle, and she's got this <laughs> weird winky smile face on it. And they, oh, I, I swear, they kept using it for forever. Yeah. <laughs> he drew a heck of a Sue Storm. That is true. Yep. All right. Well, we can we can wrap this one up. You don't want to yeah. give us any highlights on Foofer or any like uh, you could send in. It was, nobody's shirt was messed up. There was. I didn't find anything that would get me a no prize. Ah. <laughs> and I had forget. I used to watch Foofer, but I didn't remember anybody's name other than Foofer. So I did. Was... I did not even know Foofer was. A property, like no, I, I don't. Know. I'm not familiar. And I, I only know it from the ads in the comics for like Saturday mornings. That's it's always next to like Punky Brewster or something. Uh, yeah, it was a an NBC Saturday morning cartoon, and I don't. I, never I think it ran a couple of years. Of course, y'all. I don't. I think I think Rob and I are the same age. Mike's a little older, and Joe Joe's a little baby. In his Uncle Winslow's arms. Oh, but, uh, Jesus. Yeah, it's gonna... may, may, maybe that's why I, y'all don't remember. Joe, when you're 25, Joe. <laughs> Next week. <laughs> y'all might have been already out cruising the streets looking for babes while I was at home watching Foofer. Reading my star comics going, I'm not ready! <laughs> Uncle Winslow and me were driving topless women, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Not not a bad upbringing. <laughs> well, you can reach uh, Joe Mortimer at uh, at Iowa's Joe, and uh, right. I, I'm Mike Myers Brunch, and we got at Rob Crawford and at Big Five Army on the Twitter. Did machines. you say Rob Crawford? Did I say Rob Crawford? Rob Krieger. Rob Krieger. <laughs> and this has been Butch Guys. Have a great time. Yeah. <laughs> Rob Mortimer. Um, yep. <laughs> and uh, we're on geekbrunchpodcast.com. And you can find us on the Facebooks at Geek Brunch Podcast. Uh, and click the like button. I think that's it. And you guys, thanks for doing this on a Friday night. I, I wanted to do this. Uh, I want. The next episode too. I think if we do one more in April, it's it's a free for all. The okay. whole month of April, so why not, huh? Yeah, why yeah. not? Hey, the world's not upside like any, down. Any of us are going out for a night out of the town, so. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> well, you guys be safe, and we'll talk to you soon. You too. You too, man. Take right. care. Goodbye, everybody. Take care. Stay safe. Bye. Good night. <laughs>